Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of the land the upcoming game is played on, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the 2021 AFL Premiership season on AFL Nation. Curls it into the pocket. Cameron wants it. Cameron gets it. To Silwood, standing start. Lash the ball toward the goal. Oh, that's a moment of inspiration from the skipper. Bolton's still ready. Ready to rise and take a magnificent mark. 50 from goal. Kept it alive. 48 from goal. Goes with the banana. It'll be the miracle. He runs around and bombs a goal. To AFL Nation. Matters come to a head in the final round of the home and away season. The Bulldogs have lived the season in the top two and now face the risk of missing the top four, while Port Adelaide has spent the season not being regarded as worthy of a lofty place, but are on the cusp of hosting a qualifying final. It would represent a wicked reversal in overall fortunes, and yet on the current trend of things... It would be surprising if Port Adelaide wasn't to finish the deal. We'll find out tonight on AFL Nation as we call the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide at Marvel to get round 23 underway. Jared Waitley with you. Anthony Hudson is with me. Hello, hello. Hello, Jared, and good evening, everyone. On this uh, on this Friday night, it's been a hell of a week, hasn't it, really, in terms of what's happening in the country and around the world. So many things that are upsetting. But we are coming to an exciting climax to our footy season. And uh, you've talked about the Bulldogs' journey this year. I'm still struggling to come to terms with the fact they could miss out on top four. Um, you know, you do the numbers. If I think I did it during the week. If Port beat the Dogs 80 to 79, the Lions beat West Coast about 80 to 60, their percentages are about equal. So not just win or loss tonight, but if they lose, how much they lose by could all come into it. And yet they've been... Such a such an important part of the narrative around the top of the ladder, haven't they? So, uh, so many things uh, we'll get we'll find out a fair bit tonight in how they respond to what they've delivered in the last couple of weeks. So, round one, sixth, round two, fifth, then the rest of them one or two yep. until now, where they sit fourth and vulnerable. It would be staggering if they tipped out. Yeah, it would. It would, and you know, it feels like it would, they wouldn't deserve to miss out. But they've had to deal with injuries, and uh, Bevo's always got something cooking. So it'll be interesting to see how he lines them up tonight, how they overcome what have been their issues for the last couple of weeks. I mean, their strength has become their weakness. So looking forward to hearing what uh, our two experts have to say and how much they take into account playing in Tassie last Saturday against the Bulldogs in terms of the overall scheme of things. Jared Healy, good evening. 
Good to be here, Jared. And uh, I think this is the first week of the finals. I don't think we could have asked for a better Friday night game to lead us into the real finals. But uh, as Hutto rightly pointed out, their strength has become their weakness, the Western Bulldogs. And uh, if their midfield doesn't fire, they expose their genuine weaknesses, which is in defence and in the forward line. But if their midfield fires... Uh, then all of a sudden they're back in the hunt because they've been the best midfield uh, probably for the season. The strangest thing is that they've got good form coming in, in that they've had bad form. And that is the way that this footy season has uh, unfolded. I remember... Only so it's two, all part of the plan. It is all <laughs> part of the plan. When Brisbane turned up to play Fremantle, what, three weeks ago, it looked to me as if it was just about the finish. It was the final nail in the Brisbane coffin. And they came out after a week of Joondal up, so fired up, so aggressive, so one and so together as a team that in the space of one week, the coach, Chris Fagan, had got that group back to premiership contention and they've proven that. And uh, I think that they will probably, uh, if Port Adelaide do the right thing tonight, they probably end up in the eight with a double chance. It's amazing this season how it's uh, twisted and turned. Jordan Lewis, welcome to you. G'day, boys. It's, it is fascinating, I suppose, um, all those sides that have gone through form slumps and, and if, you, if you have a, a little bit of connection to some of those clubs, the amount of stuff that you learn in that two-week period when things aren't going well compared to the 18-week period that things are, are going really nicely and everything's humming along and, and you think everything's rosy is quite extraordinary. So Western Bulldogs have had their turn and how they respond, we've seen every other top four side respond in the right manner and 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 fix that and and resurrect where they've been wrong but it's it's funny the things that they've been so good at and the things that they've struggled at are the things that Port Adelaide have been really good at the last four weeks really good at so they're they're humming along really nicely and I think if you're a if you're a Port Adelaide player and you understand the magnitude of the game and you're on the road you're playing at a venue that suits the opposition player this is a chance to get yourself mentally set for finals. It's a massive challenge for this playing group and one that they've struggled with, I think, throughout the season. Top four sides, top eight sides and consistency with form. This is their this is their chance where I think we can sit back and if Port Adelaide perform to the level they've performed at the last four weeks, we go, yep, they're a genuine threat. So what sort of tension would there be around the Bulldogs, do you think? It wouldn't be spoken, but it would quite obviously yeah. be there. Every individual would be feeling it heading to the footy tonight. I think if I was a player... I would want it spoken about. I think these things, if if they let them fester in the background and no one addresses them, then then you get conversations around the locker room that might not include the individual, it might not include the coaches, it may not include the people that need to know about the issues. So these these issues that go on at football clubs are better spoken about. Get it all out in the open. Understand that everyone's on the same page. And even the players that might be struggling with form, open up. Admit that you're struggling with form. Admit that you need help because what that does to a group, it galvanises a group coming into an important part of the year. Struggling with form is an interesting concept because in some respects, the Bont is struggling with form. His performance up mm. until the bye, to, to get an objective measure, I use champion data ratings. He was rating at an 18. For people who don't understand, when Dusty played his best year, and Danger played their best years, they averaged a 21. So it's an amazingly high level. Yep. And since the boy has been a 12, which is elite, but it's not the level that he needs to be at to carry that side across the line. Yeah. So maybe they caught be... holding the ball twice in the first quarter last week. Mm. Yeah, I know that happens. That, that doesn't mean anything on its own. But 
It's, but it points to a lack of sharpness. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe because he was playing at such a high level, subconsciously everyone else around him thought that they didn't necessarily need to do. Can that happen? Uh, absolutely. Because, because he was, as Jared said, he was unbelievable. In, in the first part of the year and even up until the bye. So you just, you fall away a bit. And then it takes some, some vision of someone struggling or whatever it might be to, hey, he might be the best player in the league, but he still needs some help. So it may point to him going forward more. Consider Nat Fife going out and three weeks on, we've seen the best of Sarong. We've seen the best of Brayshaw. We've seen the best of Chera. They had an opportunity to flourish and they weren't sitting and performing in the shadow of one of the great contested midfielders. So the Bont could go and play in that uh, forward position, at least a little bit more than he has been doing at the present time, and allow a Bailey Smith to flourish, who's gone in and out of the in and out of the inside, and he's out on the outside, and he's been in a bit of form, he's been out a bit of form. Maybe it would help. Yep. I think it's funny over the years when there's always conversations that come up about a player who either goes out of the side through injury or, or suspension or whatever it may be, or a player that's on the open market, what do you give away to, to actually access these players or what do you do without them? And quite often you see players who are already at your club get the opportunity and absolutely flourish under the responsibility. Mm. And we've seen that with, with Fremantle. I get the conversation with, with Western Bulldogs at the moment. They've become too reliant on, on Bontempelli. But they just need to get, they just need to get tougher. At the end of the day, they need to get tougher around the ball and, and they need to not just rely on when, they're, when the ball is in their hands, but what they're doing without it because it's been subpar. Yeah, Dunkley's one who just hasn't found the footy yeah. since he's come back. And if they're going to... I mean, he's a, pre, he's a premiership player. He's a, a premiership key forward of all things. And if they're going to fire, they need all those guys to get back into their absolute best form. But the beauty about it is is they're available. They're yeah. on the park and they're available. And one night can change a fair bit, Absolutely. can't we? We've seen that. Yeah. So. And, and of, speaking from experience, this... This is the toughest period of the year to, to play in. When you're, when you're one of those top four sides, I understand their position in the top four is under threat. But it didn't feel that way, did it? But you no, feel, like, but you feel like you're in a holding pattern. So yeah. you, you, you're looking for motivation at some point in this, in this period. When you're safe in the top four like they thought they were, they, maybe they did get a little bit comfortable. Now they're not. So this might be the injection of, the, of, the, um, of, what, of what they need to, to perform. My only concern about the Bulldogs at the start of the year was how they were so up. They hit the the, the NAB series, or no, it's not called that anymore. The JLT, it's not called that anymore. <laughs> the Amy Community series? series? The, uh, it, or is it still? <laughs> anyway, one this whatever year? The, remember they smashed Melbourne in that pre-season game. And, yep, the, and yep. I understand why. They, they'd been poor yep. for starts for so long. And look, players have come in and out, so that maybe that maybe that players are fresh to some degree but that's been my only worry about the Bulldogs yep. so I don't know whether that's played a part or not yep. no, you, it's, it is all about timing your run absolutely so I think urgency will suit them tonight mm. It's, mm. I'm not sure did you do the Tassie game no last I didn't week? but I watched I watched a fair bit of it back they today, were beaten actually. by local knowledge yep. and oh really yeah like really Hawthorne are gonna yep. nah we didn't fly down here for that but tonight it's all in so I actually think they've been no good marking time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the urgency of tonight will slap them hard. Yeah. So, and I fully expect them to respond. And if they don't, I think they're gone. Yeah, I think that's fair. But the trouble is they may respond and may still lose because Port Adelaide, 
they're getting all their best players back. They and have had them back for a little while. They have, they? and they're building momentum. I mean, it's a loss to lose Araccio, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, Steve Motlop's a pretty handy inclusion. So they're at their almost at their peak, getting slowly, incrementally better. Georgiades is more confident. Big Charlie's uh, in really good form. Their back line, I think, is strong. Their midfield's really strong. So the dogs may improve 30% and still lose. The only thing with Port is they haven't been really tested, have they, overly in, the, in that period. Well, they've, ne- they've never met this test during the year. This has been the knock yep. on mm. them. And the last time it was Melbourne, and Melbourne handled them easily at Adelaide Oval. So they've put their streak together. St Kilda... They weren't hugely impressive against St Kilda and neither were they against Collingwood. The Giants, they saw off after a spirited mm. late challenge. Yep. They beat Sydney as well. Going they had back to go bit. the distance against yep. Adelaide and then they walloped a, a dispirited they're, they're, they're actually yet to put the game together yep. that suggests that they're bona fide premiership contenders. Yep. They're going to be in there and about, but we're yet to see a premiership-type performance. And that may be tonight. And it... Gives them, a, if they win, they'll get hosting rights for a yep. qualifying final. Yeah. So both teams have it all to <laughs> play for, which is your point, yep. is this is straight out finals. Oh, it's an absolute final. It's an absolute beauty. And tomorrow night is also a final with Melbourne and Geelong because uh, the ramifications for the loser are probably a little bit unknown at the moment, but there will be a ramification. You lose control. Yep. <laughs> and whatever choices there are. Well, because... it's also interesting is to ask... Each supporter base, who would they like to play and not like to play, apart from where they would like to play it. But, you know, would, would, would Geelong want to avoid Melbourne or the, or the, who they've just played or the Bulldogs or would they rather play Port Adelaide in in Adelaide or at a, in a neutral venue against Melbourne or the Bulldogs? I don't know. I thought the I thought the contribution from Danger during the week was absolutely first class. It was one of his finest moments as a leader, saying that even if it meant Geelong going to Port Adelaide and playing against a hostile crowd, the integrity of the finals is so important that that's a much preferred option than going somewhere else and playing in a soulless ground. Now, I, I suspect he's not saying if there was 25,000 people in WA, we wouldn't uh, take that option. But I thought it was really magnanimous of him. I thought it was great leadership. And, um, you know, I think it was just terrific to hear one of the, the statesmen of the game come out with that thought. And so where will we where will we end up? Um, it feels like there'll be finals in in Queensland, South Australia and Tassie in the first week if you're reading the tea leaves. Well, based on what we saw a couple of, what, about a month, six weeks ago, if I'm Gillam McLaughlin, I reckon there's a crowd to be gathered if Essendon make it down in Tassie. We know that there's going to be a crowd down there. They had one up, actually a pretty good crowd at, uh, on the Gold Coast as well, so... Essendon's a lock for uh, for one of those uh, faraway lands, and it'd be fantastic for Tassie. I think uh, I think AFL House needs to find some goodwill with Tassie, and it'd be great for them to be able to send a, a good, solid final down there. Do you have any inkling where it will be in no. Tasmania? No. The suggestion was Hobart, wasn't it? Yeah, I, oh, so. I don't want to get people offside, but, but having played at both of those grounds, for me, Launceston sets up much better in terms of pure football. Well, I, th- I totally agree. We've seen better matches there than we have yeah, in Hobart. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Hobart Oval is so difficult to play, and it, and it really is a, a game of, of two quarters for each side. So you've got to maximise that effort, clearly, and, and try and defend. So if you want to get pure football and, a, and a, a chance for both sides to score quite frequently on on all quarters, I think Launceston for me. And 
And you're right, you point back to the Essendon game. It was it was, it was a hell of a game to watch. Yeah. Mm. I did that game for Fox and it was good fun and, and good to watch because again, the ground, it lends itself to to sides who want to move the ball. And that's what we want to see come finals. We know we understand it gets a little bit more contested and gets locked down, but you still want to have the chance and the ability to move the ball when you want to. If it's the Swans and Giants, I think that'll land in Queensland and then the rest is around whether the Lions end up hosting a, an elimination final or whether they are the fourth team in a qualifying final, at which point they can't be at the Gabba and whether Port can win their way into second and host at Adelaide Oval or, mm. or whether Port will end up in Queensland and the Lions will end up in South Australia playing as, as the away team mm. in those games. I just hope we don't send two clubs to Brisbane in the hope we'll get a crowd because we won't. We'll get six or 7,000. I'd rather go to a hub where even if the, the, the club, let's say Port Adelaide don't deserve to be at Port Adelaide or Adelaide Oval, I'd still rather the game be played there than a neutral venue that is a footy ground, but no one's going to turn up. Yeah, I agree with that. So the integrity of places doesn't matter to you? So if it was, what's the most likely? So if it was one, if it was Melbourne versus Brisbane and Brisbane was fourth, are yep. you happy for that to be at the Gabba? If the, if the option was to go to Perth and there was 5,000 people there or 7,000 people, yes. If you could guarantee me 25, then take it to the neutral venue. Geordie? Yeah. Yeah, that, that would sit, sit well with me. Definitely. And you? Yeah, that challenges the integrity yeah, of the finals that, to a degree that... But I'm, the finals are always compromised. Well, I mean, they are. They, the they, MCG hosts the final. That's a yep. compromise. Yep. I think... I'm not sure how I would feel about Melbourne versus Brisbane at the Gabba um, as one versus four, notwithstanding the history of these things. And Geelong's the living history of it. They play MCG tennis as the higher-ranked team at the MCG, so it's not without precedent. But Well, everybody uh, played at the Gabba last year. We, yeah. seem, we seem to survive. And yeah. I, th- I think Well, no, those 30... games will move to Metricon, where the Lions weren't the weren't hosting the host, right yeah. team. So Well... I still think if we can get a, a big crowd, then that's a priority for yep. me. Yep. Full houses at yep. the Gabba and, yep. and as many as the government will allow in South Australia. Mm. Th- that's, that's your two biggest crowds. And then potentially Tassie with an Essendon game is whatever level they're going yep. to allow. So that, that would get you your best atmospheres, no doubt. Well, Dangerfield went with it. He's a captain of a footy – well, he's soon to be captain of a footy club. He's the leader of the players. So I thought it was really terrific leadership and – if it has to happen, well, it has to happen. It's uh, given what we've put up with this year and what uh, most people are putting up with. It's a small inconvenience. The pregame show is for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Is the decisions around the the grand final? So Gil McLaughlin gave um, as as close to an answer as we've had so far around the grand final and what to expect on AW this morning. And just to get it clear, you you want to, the, the grand final will only go ahead with a crowd, correct? You won't play it without a crowd. Correct. Mm. So that means we've got to go into state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, now I'm sort of unapologetic for that. I mean, this is the pinnacle. There's, there's 800 players and staff and 15 million supporters have been leaning in all year, and it needs to come to head in the and give it justice to the the biggest sporting event in the country, and that needs to be with the supporters yeah. as they make the game. And further to that was that the decision will be made next week. Yep. It's impossible to imagine a decision next week landing in Victoria's favour, regardless of keeping that open. And so we're we're down we're to Adelaide or yeah. WA. Yep. And I think uh, 
Nicola has had uh, less form than uh, <laughs> Premier McGowan. Is Queensland completely out of the question again? Probably not. But, I mean, I think if it was going to be in Queensland, we would have uh, we would have heard. Probably. I don't think they've been terribly helpful. No, I don't think they the have. But, <laughs> it's uh, almost who's been least obstructive. Mm. Doors can close quickly, can't they, in the current situation? So what's the best... What's the best result for the grand final in your eyes from here? In my eyes, the best ground in the country outside of a full MCG is Optus Stadium. We've had a couple of trial runs there with a full house. Um, and we've had one this year, which was an incredible success. And it, look, I just think it deserves it. It's such a great stadium. Let's baptise it as an AFL, gr- as what? a great AFL ground with a grand final. I mean, I'm personally one who's quite emotional about um, the grand final should be taken around the country. Yep. I've always thought that, even when I was, you know, a player. I just thought, we played in Sydney. Why shouldn't the SCG have a grand final? And I can understand the difference in crowds, so that's that's fair enough. But when you can get 60,000 at a ground over in the, in the West, and it's just such a magnificent stadium, well, it deserves it. Get Take the opportunity, because outside of COVID... We won't have opportunities because we're locked into a contract. Likewise, I, I think the Adelaide Oval, I, I can't split them. In fact, I, I think the Adelaide Oval is still a better venue to go to, having been to both. Perth's more can fit more, so that's a strong argument, and it's an amazing modern stadium. It can do things at night that Adelaide probably mm. can't do. That strengthens your argument. But Adelaide is still just – it's the one venue I go to where I actually get there and I don't necessarily want to commentate. I'd rather mm-hmm. go and no, it's a brilliant stand venue. in the hill or sit in the outer and just take it all in. So. Yeah. Either of the two, but you've got to take into account those other factors. Yeah, I'm of exactly the same opinion as as you. I I think the first time I went to Adelaide Oval and played, and it was a home and away season game, but as soon as you got off the bus, walked into the change rooms and then walked out onto the Oval, it had that finals-like atmosphere already. You can hear murmurings around the the ground. It's For me, if I was still playing and, and they said, where would you rather play, I would happily play at either of those stadiums. I think they both create a really good atmosphere for a player and it'd be a, a grand final. Um, it would suit well to, to any of those grounds. I get the the argument that Optus Stadium has more fans, but the Adelaide Oval wouldn't disappoint if you're a player playing in the grand final for your first time, second time, third time, whatever it may be. It would be a unique listen, experience. Listen to me. First time, second time. <laughs> no, <laughs> if it's, I'm speaking to your boys, Geelong. In Geelong. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> but that's I, – I just, I just think that uh, – I was always one for um, keep it at the MCG, but now seeing we've had the opportunity to, to share it around a little bit, I'm not I'm not of the opinion that it needs to stay at the MCG every single year. I think it's great to be able to – to, to move it around and, and explore different avenues and, and grounds over Australia. We had an opportunity, well, it was 20 years ago, when we bulldozed the Great Southern Stand. And there was, you know, you were a heretic in yeah. suggesting that the game should be shifted to the SCG or to, I don't think the Olympic Stadium was built there. It may well have been, but I don't think it was. But you were a heretic to suggest it. And so we played a grand final, I think, out of Waverley. Yeah, 91 we 91, yeah. yeah. So... Um, an opportunity missed for mine. I mean, the only thing memorable about that game... Batmobile. Hawthorne supporters uh, excluded <laughs> was uh, the brilliant Batmobile and, <laughs> and uh, why Rob D. Costello was in it. <laughs> There's none of that that makes sense and yet it's a beautiful kitsch piece of our history. Right. Um, so how heavily will it land, do you think... So Victoria's in a state. Yeah. And I think 
I know there have been those. I can't work out whether it's false hope or whether it's trying to keep a level of optimism or whatever it is. But how heavy do you think it will land next week when it's formal that the grand final won't be here? Well, it won't be that heavy for me. Yeah. I, I, I'm invested in it going somewhere else, taking the opportunity. I think we, we'll have 100 more years of uh, grand finals at the MCG. I think it's uh, going to be really difficult for Melbourne supporters if they're there, for Geelong supporters if they're there. Particularly Melbourne. Though. Yeah, Melbourne since 1964. I mean, there's some people that, that have been craving this experience. And you know, I've got a lot of good mates that are Melbourne yeah. supporters. My brother's... A Melbourne former captain. They'd all love to be there. I understand that. But, uh, I mean, it's not going to be at the MCG. So, I think the quicker we get our heads around it, the better. Yeah. And the because of the circumstances, the border's not going to be open. Like, there's not mm. even going to be the option. It's going to be the same as last year. Yep. We're going to be locked solidly inside our state. Yeah. Um, so that there's, yes, that option of, of being able to fly and make an adventure of it, which I think there's a great charm to that, which is mm. not explored here. Um. That's not going to be there. So I, I think I think it is. It, I think it will land really heavily in Melbourne, just because there's been just that. I don't know why, but there's that been that seam of this is still a possibility, and for Melbourne fans in particular who are so invested in mm. it, there's almost a gallows humour to it. Oh, yeah, of course, this is going to be the year when it's not going. Well, there's to be a bit anywhere. of a gallows humour just everywhere at the oh, present time. Is. I mean, you don't have to talk about footy to My get the WhatsApp groups to get today. the, to get the, get the oh, uh, piece of rope out. Yeah. these are rough days in Melbourne no doubt the all new Hyundai Tucson is here and it's loaded with comfort driving and safety technologies meaning you can drive with total confidence it's no wonder Tucson's been awarded car sales mid best mid-sized SUV award for 2021 test drive the all new Hyundai Tucson today tonight plays a huge role in sorting out the top four with the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide to meet Rowan Smith's going to join us from inside the dogs camp and we'll chat with Brent Montgomery as well from a Port Adelaide perspective. And then we'll turn our attention to the the coaching oh. pieces and all that revolves around the Carlton job and David Teague's position right now and Ross Lyons posturing and trying to read the mind of Alistair Clarkson. Does he even know? How difficult does it make it to extrapolate if he doesn't quite know mm. what the answer is? But it all seems to revolve around that Carlton position at the moment. So those discussions are ahead. The retirements, the ins and outs for round 23 as they have started to land. Friday night footy to get us underway. It's the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide on AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Friday night footy is the Western Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. So a top four clash with huge ramifications. Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Jordan Lewis and Jared Healy with you as the call team on AFL Nation. And we're inside the Bulldogs camp here with Rowan Smith. Rowan, great to have you on board. Welcome. Great, Jared. How you going, mate? I'm good. Is there a sense of, is there the suitable sense of urgency around this tonight? Yeah, there is. Like, there is a, uh, it's a pretty good feeling in the rooms down, uh, down here, actually. Um, you know, the boys are, they look like they're on. Um, I know it's hard to say, like, and I'm a shocking judge. I am a shocking judge. Jeez, Rowan, uh, every surely time, you every haven't time, into that. Every time I think they're on, they may, may, may be a little bit off. But um, but look, like I think there is a little bit of sense of urgency tonight. And, and I think the way that we played last week, the boys are really disappointed. Uh, and you could see that in their face after the game. So... 
they're out to uh, out to make amends tonight. So, Smith, how, how do you address that during the week? We spoke um, a little bit earlier about is it one of those things that you just sort of let go and let the players drive and hopefully they respond? Or do you put it all out on the table and say, hey, this is the area that we'd love to improve on. So-and-so is not playing that well. How do we help him? How did you address it during the week? Uh, well, Louis, you've probably been there before as well. But um, I think that the, the way that it happens is that the players drive it. Um, they had a meeting themselves. They had a look at the game, discuss the game. And we really didn't focus on the game at all. Um, the thing that we brought all week was what they can do and what, not what they can't. Um, and look, to be totally honest, we've had a really good season. The boys have been fantastic. Um, so we've focused on, on the positives and, and what makes us a really good team. And, and that's really been the biggest focus for us tonight. I think we also spoke about the, the holding pattern that Jared said. It's a really difficult position to be in. When you've been at the top of your game or, or the top four of the ladder for a majority of the season, you, you think you're your finals place is secured and you, you sort of relax a little bit, but certainly this game tonight, uh, there's a bit of sense of urgency. Yeah, you can't relax tonight, uh, to be totally honest. And, and I think it's, it's, it's reward for effort. Um, that's what we've been sort of saying to the players. You know, they've been up all year um, and the effort that they've put in, it'd be a real shame for us to go out of the top four, to be honest, and, and miss our double chance. And, and that's something that we've really spoken about this week. And, and to the credit, yeah, to the credit of the boys, they've been fantastic for the week. They they know they, as I said before, they know that they played really poorly last week, and yeah, you know, they're out to atone that tonight. My understanding, Smithy, and uh, good to have a chat to you. Is <laughs> hey, Jared. You are personally leading the way. That uh, over the last two or three weeks, you have been. In the gym at 6am, <laughs> flogging yourself, getting yourself in final shape. Well, Jared, yeah, we all take feedback on board um, in our <laughs> AFL journey. Um, and the players are exactly the same. We give players the feedback um, all the time. And I got a little bit of feedback a couple of weeks ago. I thought I'd better pull my finger out here and uh, get in the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning. So uh, I have been doing that for the last four weeks, getting on the Watt bikes and going for a walk and a run and a trot. Um, and yeah, it's been great. Like I mean, it's it's got it's got everyone up and about. Um, all the boys walk in at about seven thirty, and they can see us on the watt bike sweating, and and they're wrapped for us as well. So uh, it's probably all because of you, Jared. I think, mate. Well, you didn't like that photo I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, Jared, that it was actually a good slap right in the face and said, "Right, you got to pull your finger out here, mate." <laughs> how heavy are the dumbbells? Of... How heavy are the did... dumbbells, Bevo, lifting at the moment? With that, sorry again. How heavy are the dumbbells that Bebo is lifting at the moment? Well, the Bison, he's uh, he's always <laughs> lifting the uh, the uh, the heavy dumbbells. I'm, I'm sure he has to dust them off a couple of times. A few of the players probably look at him and go, "Oh, geez, look at the uh, the dumbbells that Bebo's lifting." But you know, Bebo's on the on the rower every morning as well, and uh, we all yeah you know, get in there and and you know push each other, and it's it's actually a really good vibe. Uh, we're all the coaches in there trying to uh, push each other and train in the morning. It's been great. The last time the Dogs produced a half-back in the All-Australian side was your good self. Do you think you may lose that mantle this year? Oh, I hope so, Jared. Um, and look, whatever it, it, whatever comes is comes. But I think Bailey Dale has had a fantastic season. Um, there's no doubt. Like, I mean, he's, he's probably been thrust into the position probably two weeks into pre-season uh, or after Christmas. Um, because we just sort of uh, felt that we needed just that little bit of spark. He was... Mm sort of struggling a little bit at half forward, struggling to get into the games. And we thought, okay, well, what are the attributes that Bailey Dale actually brings to the footy club? And he's a beautiful kid, um, which you've seen all year. Um, And his impact off half back can really be profound. And 
Um, and he grasped that role perfectly. Um, and he's just been outstanding all year. So, look, for, for me personally, I hopefully, yeah, he gets it, uh, and for him as well. Um, but I think there's a bigger prize at the end as well, mate. Yeah, clearly that's true, but it's it's great to reflect, I think, at the end of the season on just how successful some moves have been, and uh, to me... And who claims them, Jared? Well, <laughs> Smitty, who can rightfully claim that one? Don't give me the team stuff. Who first threw uh, that up? Uh, look, I'd love to take the credit, boys, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, Bevo, <laughs> look, I mean, yeah, Bevo is, is, since he came to the club in 15, um, we've, we've shown that, you know, certain players think that they're, you know, they're, they're, um, their attributes, you can, he can sort of see outside the box. And Matty Boyd was probably a, a prime example where Matty had just played on ball for his whole career. And then Bevo came in and said, okay, mate, we need some really good run. Um, a person that has got massive endurance will just, work his backside off for the whole game um, and set us up and just have that that will and intent to, to win the contest. And, and Bordy turned himself into a premiership halfback flanker. Mm. And, you know, Bevo has just been outstanding and all that. He's, uh, he drives players to play in different positions. Don't lock yourself into that one position. You know, like North is a prime example, came to the club as a pure fullback um, and he's turned him into one of the best forwards in the comp. Um, yeah, you can see him out here just now, just uh, practicing his goal kicking. But he's just a superstar, and I think all the players really now have got a grasp of, you know, I'm not going to just be, be that one position player. And I think that's, you know, that's the way that we've gone. What about Aaliyah? I mean, he's such a presence, and everyone knows yeah. what he's capable of. So um, you can't change everything for one opposition player. So how do you go about it? Oh, you just talk about it. And I know Ash Hanson, our forward line coach, has spoken to the forwards this week about, you know, being accountable for him. The, the the biggest thing for such a big presence that Aaliyah has, and, you know, we've watched him over the last couple of weeks. He's had, a you know, massive intercept games. Um, and it is about the way that you move the footy. Um, you know, there's definitely, you know, chances where the, uh, if you've, you know, got free-flowing footy and you can um, deliver that footy inside 50 well and quick, it probably throws him out a little bit. It's when it's slow, um, there's pressure on the footy. Um, that's where he probably comes into account. But um, I think all our, our forwards tonight have to be accountable for him. At stages, you not, might need to just go and you know man him up and and make sure that he doesn't you know have that intercept possession game that uh, we know that he's he's really good at. How far away is Steph Martin? Uh, yeah, Jared, it's a great great question. Like I mean, Steph. Had some, you know, some really big, you know, injury problems. He's probably missed, you know, three and a half months of footy. Yep. Um, and, you know, this week has been his first full week back, or it's probably two weeks now that he's been back in full training. Um, and he trained really well this week. Um, and we're all thinking, oh, you know, do we? But it's, it would be a little bit of a, an injustice, not injustice, but it's hard on him just to come in straight into AFL by, you know, missing three and a half months of footy. So, we thought that you know he'll play in a in a VFL practice match. We've organised a practice match tomorrow against Sydney Swans, so he'll play in that tomorrow and get a really good hit out. Um, yeah, a good hundred minutes under his belt, and you know see where he's at next week. Rowan, good of you to join us. Good luck for tonight. Oh, thanks very much, guys. Have a great call. Good on you, Rowan Smith. Playing along with a few jobs there. Very nice. Western Bulldogs assistant coach. He's a hard man, Jared. <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd reckon, you know, you'd, he's earned to be whatever shape he wants to be. But No, <laughs> no we know Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been flat with himself. Yeah, he just no did doubt. a little tickle up. Our, the, 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 sorry, the Stefan Martin, we'll talk about it a little later. The Stefan Martin decision not to go with him. Yeah, it's the right not decision. To, not to bring Jamara back in. You've got Lewis Young as their second ruck. It's really interesting. 
We'll see how it plays out. Our experts in place for tonight for car sales. Sell your car in 24 hours with car sales. Instant offer, Jared Healy and Jordan Lewis. After the break, we will be inside the Port Adelaide camp with Brent Montgomery. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Footy, Friday night footy. We've just spoken with the Bulldogs camp. Let's head into Port Adelaide with Brett Montgomery. Brett, welcome to AFL Nation. Oh, hi, Jared. Thanks for having me. Just uh, I would lose track of what the quarantine protocols are these days. Have you been here for hours sitting around or is it more relaxed than that at the moment? Oh, it's a bit of both. It's been relaxed, but we have been here for a number of hours. It was, uh, it was quite a smooth trip, this one, to be fair. We've been at the ground here for about, Probably for about four and a half hours. <laughs> so where have you been? What do you what do you do across those hours? Oh, it is pretty laid back. I, to be fair, um, this has been one of the better trips we've had this year. I think the players are are well and truly in the groove when it comes to these things. Now they they occupy themselves quite well. They they really do enjoy each other's company, and uh, it's just another day in AFL footy life for these guys now. I think. Monty, how, how do you prepare for a game like tonight in terms of the Western Bulldogs? Their form hasn't been at their absolute best over the past month, but clearly with so much on the line, you would expect a different response. Where do you look to to, to view a side like Western Bulldogs? Yeah, we, we, um, I was look, knowing Bebo as well as I do and, and um, knowing that he would have revved them last week as their, their top four sort of pursuit really started last week um, and for them to only kick 37 points I think was a real shock um, so yeah they, they've got some pieces missing I think where we take them on or where we view them is uh, they really beat us badly around the ball with their elite hands last time and um, I don't see that um, uh, they would change too many things for the way that they were able to play us so uh, we've certainly prepared our guys for some to make sure we've got superior shape around the ball and we're nice and tough and that we can somehow take the quality away from their chains. So, so yeah, look, we've planned for them to be their absolute best around the ball. Is a is a short answer. Yeah. So, so in terms of that, do you do you back your mids in, or is it one of those ones where you you'll bring a player up early on to try and get that territory battle? Yeah, it's it's a great question. We um, yeah, it's shape over numbers for us. I know that sounds a little bit technical, but um, we certainly won't want to be giving them too much of an advantage around the ball through numbers. Um, so we could take that way in, in a number of different ways. But um, we'll certainly back our guys in to see how they start. Because last time we played them, they had 22 inside 50s in the first quarter. So we really didn't give ourselves a chance. Can I ask you, uh, Monty, which player that's outside the team, outside of uh, Aratio Fantasia, who's uh, clearly got some tightness, which player do you think can make you better? Or is this your very best team? Yeah, again, that's a, a, a really tough one for us at the moment. I, most of our, um, I guess, the, most of our intrigue has been around our forward line this year and how tall we are. Yeah. And, and I think um, whilst we've been sort of searching for our best profile or what makes us at our absolute best, most of it's been done due to what we've had available any given week. So um, we've been quite depleted this year, not, not dissimilar to a lot of other teams, but um, most of it has been what's been available. So I don't know that there's a whole range of players outside of this sort of 23 at the moment, 24, um, which is a good thing going into this time of year that we're fairly mm. set. So Sam Powell Pepper seems to me to be a spiritual leader of the group and yet he's outside the, the 22 at the moment. 
Yeah, you're right about his spiritual leader type um, uh, attitude and, and, and the way he's viewed within the group and the spirit that he brings, no doubt about that. Um, what we did see from him last week at sample level is he, he did re- rediscover a bit of that hunt that we need. Mm. Um, we're, we're going reasonably well around the ball at the moment and where perhaps sort of falling out is he's had to go and survive in his secondary role, which is more half forward mid. So yep. hopefully he can really get his head around that again those boys have got a game tomorrow, which is fortunate for us. And hopefully he's putting more pressure on us next week. A player that um, I've enjoyed watching over this year. I, I didn't watch a hell of a lot of footy when I was playing, but uh, I've watched a lot of your games. And, and a guy in Carl Amon, I just love the way he goes about his game. He's clearly a professional off the field, likes to develop his game. But the way he's been and the consistency of output has been a, a really good year for him. Yeah, I'm glad you, you see it that way. Um I was a bit the same coming across, only just a little under three years ago. I was always a little bit perplexed at why he hadn't done more with his career, um, particularly knowing his running background and his appetite for hard work. And um, he, He's just a true professional. I, I love the way he goes about it. He's made us better. He's proven to us over a period of time that he's more than just an outside wingman. He's done some really good work around the footy and he's made us a little bit more damaging in straight line. So... Um, Great reward for tonight for him to get 100 games and be playing a really pivotal role in a good side. Monty, have you, have you got a clear view on how the finals are going to be played? And, um, you know, is it going to be just exactly the same, do you think, as what we've seen through the home and away? Or will it become more contested or change a little bit with the top teams? I, I do think that the contest will come back in a lot more. I, I do think we've all taken some liberties or some advantages with being able to kick the ball a little bit more down back. But I think we all know that when the pressure comes, it, that sort of dries up a little bit and ball control becomes quite secondary to territory. So God, I wouldn't imagine that would change too much in this final series. I think uh, whilst there may not be the biggest of crowds, uh, the teams are elite that are at the top of the ladder and one thing they do really well is pressure. So I'd imagine particularly in the better finals, that contest will be king again. When you're sitting around the, the table and uh, the coach puts up the magnets and uh, Vossi has his say and you have your say, how do you end up landing with the four talls? <laughs> um, they're usually quite long. I'll give you that as a meeting. they. Um, I think what we are doing really well is we're making sure the discussion is about balance. If, we, um, yeah. if we're not winning the ball back quickly enough, and we think that's a, a direct result of being too tall, well, then we've got a balance issue. If, uh, if we think that the supply is not enough to, to justify those tools being in there and the contest isn't good enough, well, again, we're in a balance discussion. So uh, I think we are assessing that week to week. Um, whilst we'd like to think that we are getting a little bit more settled, um, we need to make sure that we're on top of how things are sitting with our, our overall balance. And in the overall scheme of the season, Monty, is that the... the clashes against top four teams have been used against you in the pecking order. Uh, how significant is tonight not only to grab that place, but to put your credentials on the table as we hit the finals next week? Yeah, really important. Really important. It, whilst um, I think internally we'd say that you haven't beaten the top four side, you're starting to get a bit old with us. Um, and being two points off top and having 16 wins suggests we've been a pretty good side and consistent. They're the facts. The facts are we haven't. So Ken's done a really good job this week of letting everyone know 
our finals have already started. Um, so, yeah, there's a real point to, to make tonight. Great opposition. We could be playing any one of four teams, I think, going into the finals. So it's really exciting. But uh, we think we're on a pretty, good, pretty strong build at the moment, Jared. Yeah, it feels like it's coming together at the right time. Monty, good luck for tonight, as ever. Thanks for your time. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks. Good on you, Brett Montgomery there, Port Adelaide assistant coach. A shout-out for Flight Centre. Win big with Flight Centre. Five years of holidays big. Where will you go for your chance to win? Head to flightcentre.com.au forward slash win. I mean, that's the intrigue there. You, you listen to both coaches and they give you an insight into how much it means inside both dressing rooms. It's fascinating. That's why, Jared, you made mention it. It is a... It is a finals-like game, yeah, that's and absolutely. that's what they're preparing themselves for. And, and yet it's, it's a finals with consequences, but the real consequences are then how you go next week. Correct. But oh, it's fascinating. I, I, love, I love this time of the year. It's probably the only time of the year you feel as a player that you'd still love to be playing. It, I remember a discussion I had with somebody who was in one of the camps. He was in the winning camp. And they thought in that brilliant preliminary final when the uh, Giants – lost the game they should have won against the Bulldogs. And it came down ultimately to they went in one short with a, with a midfielder. They went in with one tall too many. And I look at Port Adelaide, and, and they may roll over and win. And um, I'm with you. It's... It's, it's, it's a real challenge to me to, to, to see that the, the Tigers have won three of the last four, and they've got essentially two. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've played, you know, Nankervis forward occasionally, but... Um, They've essentially got two, and yet we're experimenting. And it's not an experiment. They've gone with it for about, what, about the last six weeks? Marshall was the sub two weeks ago, yeah. though, so then they went so back. In and out, in and out, but they're going in with four today. Now, I mean, I can understand that they look at the defence of uh, the Bulldogs and say, we've got them in the air. But will they think that against Melbourne, or will they think so? Is this going to be one of the intriguing elements of selection each time they play for the next three to five weeks? It is funny because... If you look at their, if they're going tall down in the forward line, but not getting a result, I mean, their scores per per inside 50 haven't been off the charts. They, mm. they sit around midfield. Mm. So it's not as if that has been a, a great strength of theirs. But uh, They spend a lot of time rotating them off the bench too. Yeah. So that's, yeah. But that means you're, you're down a man no, it does. on the bench. Yeah, they're obviously happy with that. But yeah, it does restrict you. And their additional midfielder is Power Pepper, as yeah. you point out. Yeah, and I look at Power Pepper and I think, gee... I mean, even um, Ollie Wines, he went forward last week or two weeks ago. He took some marks. Dermot Brereton talks about him being a couple of centimetres taller than Dermot. Dermot's one of the great centre-half forwards of all time. So there's an opportunity for Ollie to go as a third tall or a fourth tall if you needed it. He's but a fifth tall at the moment. Yeah. He, is, he is indeed, Hutto. He's, uh, he's having a great season. But anyway, look, that's what makes uh, the pre-game and uh, the game as it unfolds, so interesting. They've got such a dynamic yeah. half-forward line, though, haven't they? You know, when you look at Rosie yep. and um, those type of players, obviously Fantasia not playing today, but even Amon coming off the wing and um, and uh, Butters and, and Motlop. So it's really I think the question for me is Todd Marshall, I mean, he's, he's, he's just there, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't taken the competition by storm. George Yardis looks like he's about to. Kenny's a big fan, I think. Well, Ken's been absolutely supportive of Todd Marshall, but but he's, I think, seeing something down the line that we're not seeing. You can get involved on AFL Nation across the weekend on the open line thanks to Southern Phone. Simplify your life with Southern Phone plans. Switch to Southern Phone. The other element which we'll only know in hindsight, it's not that fanciful to go... 
Well, Bontempelian wines are probably within three votes of each other yeah. in the Brownlow when these votes are counted. It's Brownlow off. So tonight might play a major role if one of them was to poll. Pity Clayton Oliver isn't playing in the same game. <laughs> yes. Then they could have a three-way tussle. So we'll see. Uh, we'll broaden out our discussion from tonight and then come back to the preview as we get closer. So Bulldogs and Port Adelaide to do battle at Marvel. There's much intrigue across the coaching position at Carlton and what the dynamic is like with Ross Lyon and with Alistair Clarkson and poor old David Teague is just left marooned in all of that. And then what is Collingwood's intentions? How close are they with their season to come to a close in the coming days? And the spin-off conversation which got going today around Scott Pendlebury who hasn't quite got a contract yet for next year. You're listening to AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. The Western Bulldogs and Port Adelaide at the start of round 23. This Friday night fixture on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Win tiling products for a year. Icanwin.com.au. Jared Waitley, Jared Healy, Anthony Hudson and Jordan Lewis with you. The coaching machinations and just is the centre of the universe the Carlton job? It would appear to be so, um, and hopefully it, we get more clarity on that come Sunday or Monday. I mean, it's been such a tough time for David T and everybody uh, around that uh, inner circle. His family must be going through uh, an incredibly difficult time, and it's a shame because, I mean, like every coach, he starts with dreams. He's been very supportive of his group, but the, the group, for whatever reason, whether it be the coach's problem or the group's problem, uh, they just haven't performed. So it would be staggering if he's uh, renamed coach. I mean, it's almost uh, an impossibility, I think, now because of the deathly silence over the last week or two. How do you read the Ross Lyon comments, posturing, I think Jared called it earlier? Why would he, having not been committed and about it until a week out from the season and with Teague still in the job only for a number of days, why would he come out and say what he said, do you think? Well, I don't think Ross is that complicated a character. I think Ross probably in his own mind worked it out that he wants to coach again. And um, there may have been some subtle overtures. I'm not sure if he denied that or not, but uh, he would know that there's a job available. And he's basically saying that if Clarko doesn't get it, come and ask me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on the list. I mean, I don't see any sort of, um, you know, untoward machinations, whether or not he thinks he's already got the job, etc. I mean, clearly if Clarko, I mean, there are people that at Carlton who want Clarko, and I'm sure there's people yeah. at Carlton who want Ross Lyon. So it's not a done deal. And I think Ross was just being as open and honest as he could be. Here's Alistair Clarkson today. Uh, with it was a nice rider on the front of this, <laughs> wasn't it? Whatever has been said in the last three or four weeks has changed so much, and still, whatever, whatever you say, you just can't take it as take it as gospel. But my sincere intention right at this point in time, and has been for the last four to six weeks, now that I'm no longer coaching uh, coaching Hawthorne, I want to have a spell for the game and, um, and just see what um, see what that rest will do for me. Whether it will uh, reignite some. Um, some real passion to get involved in the game again or, um, or actually take the opportunity to go overseas. Um, it's a little bit difficult at the minute given the environment, of course, but uh, take the opportunity to go overseas and explore some things and do some things that my wife and I have never done before because we've been so heavily involved in footy and, uh, and see where the next chapter of our life takes us. 
can't think of the last person in public life who prefaced their remarks as you can't take this as gospel. <laughs> <laughs> but it works really well, doesn't it? Did. it? I think people should look. What I'm about to say, I can't guarantee it's true. But that's a breath. I hadn't thought of that. That is actually brilliant. Yeah. You can't take this as gospel, but here's how I'm thinking. Yeah, it's... Well, he probably can't go overseas. <laughs> I don't know whether he's seen what's... Who's going to tell him? ...what's going on over there. But it's... Yeah, it's... Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit... Um, I, I would, in terms of the, the blue stuff, I would have, one, loved to have seen more support for David Teague. Two, seen them rejuvenate the, the assistant coaches before they tip out the senior coach. I think there's there's got to be steps that you can do before you get rid of the coach and... So, so I, I agree with you about showing more support, but if they knew well, however many weeks out that it wasn't going to end well for David Teague, what could they have done publicly to we've, we've, come out and say we're fully... Well, they had John Warsfold employed for a period of time at the start of the year. Yeah, so I mean, you, mean, were, you mean more support, actual yeah. real support in the job, but not just the public well, and, and public, he, he said it yesterday. He would have loved some public... So even, even if the stuff is going behind the scenes, it's it's... We've seen before that you can still come out and, and publicly support someone to, yep. to try and cool down the situation and so he doesn't take absolute responsibility and pressure throughout this whole process. Well, he's going to talk every week, doesn't he? Two, twice a week, every yeah. week through that whole period. One of the most baffling elements of the year to me has been that is the decision to move John Blakey on. Now, John, 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 Barker. John Barker. John Barker went in from... From what I know, and I think I know 100%, he went in and said, listen, just putting on notice, I won't be here next year, just so you can get your head around a replacement. And then was told to essentially pack your bag, see you later. Now, if you're talking about support, John Barker is the senior man. He's a guy that's been around. He's also a guy they could have gone to four weeks ago if they've made the decision on David Teague and given him uh, uh, an edifying out. Uh, given him a respectful out and say, listen, we've moved on. Do you want to go on or do you want John Barker to take over? But they don't think that they had another person to put in that spot. And so he's had to wear the the focus, the the unbelievably tough focus for four weeks. I can't remember the last coach who got left in a position no. like this. No, it's been dreadfully it's handled. wretchedly unfair. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think that it's of their own making. I mean, I, I still don't know why. And I assume it's Kane Little. Um I, I'm not sure why Kane Little said, John Barker, see you later. I mean, what's the advantage? You're just putting in a in an era where you're struggling for personnel, all of a sudden you've got more stress on your personnel. And particularly without a football director effectively as mm. well. Well, not effectively. He's he's out. Yeah. So it, it was just baffling. And, and poor David Teague, I mean, he's had, his, he's had a crack. Good luck to him. Maybe he gets another turn down the track. But uh, it's been a very tough couple of months for him. Do you think, in, and in, then in terms of the Ross Lyon stuff, it could come on within the last two weeks that you rediscover your passion for coaching? Or would that have been a thing that was always... He was just waiting, waiting for the right time to, to come out and say... It's hard to know I'm with interested. an individual. But I think everybody as a coach would finish a little bit scarred and a little bit finished and a little bit, uh, you know, down on energy. And it may take this long for it mm. to re-emerge and... You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, Lee Matthews having a three-minute conversation with you all of a sudden makes that. But it might just confirm what you're starting to slowly think. Uh, he might be getting hungry again. Who knows? All, all his, uh, his St Kilda cohort that we all know, they all seem genuinely surprised, surprised yeah. haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got two and a half years to win a premiership. Otherwise, 
<laughs> you get the flu. <laughs> He'll be out as well. Is what they're about to do good methodology? They're clearly going to ask Alistair Clarkson on Monday or Tuesday next week mm. whether he would like to be their coach. I, I, I just I can't read it any other way. They're going to ask him on Monday or Tuesday, would you like to be our coach? Mm. Uh, can we have that conversation? And if he says no, then it's probably ring Ross and, and take this further. However far down the track it is, it's take it further. Well, I think they would be foolish not to ask Alistair Clarkson. Are you saying that if they ask him, if he says yes, he's got the job? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. That, so, and that's only that, – that's just an interpretation yeah. of events. Yeah. I think that's their starting point. Yeah. It would be hard to interpret it any other way. And it would be hard-pressed to – if Clarko said, I'm coming, it would be hard-pressed to say, no, we prefer Ross Lyon. Yeah, no, and we, even Ross Lyon said that. We had a little chat behind the scenes and, no, we don't think you're the guy. Yeah. Come and present to us. <laughs> Come and present to us. <laughs> I think it'll be, it's a really, however that conversation happens on Monday and Tuesday mm. and whether it's by Zoom or whether there's some way to, me- and who it is and how much backgrounding's already been done, but you actually get to the moment is, well, could it be you? And then we'll figure the rest out after that. Yeah, you don't think somebody, a third party, spoke to Clarko's people just to find out whether yeah, he's keen or not? I, I would I would feel absolutely certain that Clarkson is aware of Carlton's yep. interest and perhaps the magnitude of it as well, mm. but... I'm equally sure that he's pushed it to Monday or Tuesday yep. yeah. to have whatever that conversation is. Yep. And he's fiercely, that's one thing he is, I think he's fiercely loyal or in that scenario, yep. particularly to David Teague, that he yep. wouldn't he wouldn't um, entertain anything. So what will happen, Jared? Uh, Monday night, will Ross Lyon be coach of uh, Carlton or will Ross Lyon be coach of... Will Alistair Clarkson be coach or Ross Lyon? So I have this vision in my mind. So for, the first thing to be done is... Um, is to tell David Teague, so presumably that happens quickly. But imagine if Luke Sayers then calls a press conference for 9.30 Tuesday morning and walks Alistair Clarkson into the room. Mm. Monday night's conversations will be completely changed by Tuesday morning if he's able to do that. Maybe that's why Clarko said, uh, don't take this as gospel. (laughs) Um, The Collingwood scenario. Hello, do you have a read on that? Well, no, I mean, only that... I still feel, from what I can gather, that they're they're still a little way away from making their call. Um, and part of it has been the the fact that you know, some of their potential uh, candidates are involved in finals. Um, Who's in front right now? Craig McRae's name. Well, Craig McRae's gets name's mentioned. come with a, a strong bullet this week. Now, whether that is just that's just what happens sometimes. You, someone whispers a name, and then it becomes. Or whether there's more to that, I'm not sure. I don't think they've been able to have a proper face to face with. What's happening with your phone, Jared? With Don Pike yet for for COVID reasons, and and that's a that's that's clearly an issue too. I mean, can you appoint a coach without actually having that physical face to face yet? Brad Scott's very much in the mix still. So, and then there's I guess there's Gold Coast as well, isn't there? And whether any of those, uh, whether Stuart Jew's position is in doubt or not, and whether any of those candidates would be potentially a candidate there. But it feels like Collingwood are going at their own pace, albeit with. Um, those other those potential um, obstacles in their way at the moment. So I, yeah, I can't tell you who's going to get it, but it, it's, I, unless that Craig McRae mail is right and he's appointed early next week or something like that, um, I think it's still got a few weeks to play out. So is Gil McLaughlin actually the bloke who's going to pick up the crumbs and whoever's not in the coaching position ends up running the football uh, at the AFL? It's a good question, isn't it? It, it? it seems like Collingwood are taking their time. I think, and 
and they've done quite well to to keep it out of out of the press, I suppose. But my my mail is is strongly Craig McRae, but uh, you know you sort of you don't really know until it's set in stone. They come out and they announce who it is, and um, so you know from from the conversations I've had with people around Hawthorne and people who've been involved with Craig McRae, he would absolutely be a a worthy suitor to coach an AFL side. Mm. Well, yeah. cre- well credentialed. Got it. He's 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 not a ranter, ranter and raver. He's very quietly spoken, but a sharp mind in, in terms of footy IQ. And he fits where Collingwood see themselves at too. That's yep. the other thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, from the people I talked to, he, he's well regarded. Stewie Dew's an interesting one, from my understanding. And you know, I've spoken to people in uh, Brisbane on a regular basis in Queensland, I should say, or Gold Coast. I think they're pretty supportive of Stewie mm. Dew. Um, I think there's a number of reasons uh, that he's reasonably safe unless the AFL um, de- determined that he's not safe. And that seemed to be part of what Caro was saying the mm. other night, wasn't it? Yeah, but I don't, think there's, I don't think there's a movement within the club. So what would the AFL be searching for then? They'd be searching if, for Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, so so if the people at Gold Coast are saying, hey, we, we think this guy can coach, we're, we're seeing him day to day, we're seeing the stuff that he's doing with the group, we like his his game plan, everything around it, the AFL, maybe they have had someone there, but but they're looking from the outside. Well, is, it, is it purely it they need only, a person with stature up there? It would only be, the only pressing thing would be if they felt like players were going to leave again. Mm. And if that's what the sort of mail was going to be, that some of these players were thinking of leaving again. So, so who, who at the AFL? Who has any right to do that, to interfere with well, the I running think, of the I think, I think Gil McLaughlin's got a right to. I think yep. if, if Gil McLaughlin sees that uh, this could become a real problem for the AFL where people are going again and uh, all of a sudden this next wave of kids en masse move on, I think he's entitled to ask the question. And I, I think it's fair to say it's been a disappointing year for the Suns. I mean, they have not gone anywhere this year. They've had a couple of moments, a couple of players have improved. Um but, gee, collectively, it's been another really disappointing year. Now, you could argue that they've gone too young. I think they have gone too young. I don't think they've put some support around them. I was surprised that Townsend got dropped. I think he's the sort of player they need in and around or at least another level above with more talent than Townsend. But certainly his experience and his hard body, I think, has been um, a real win for them. They wouldn't have won the game two weeks ago had he not been playing. But, I mean, we can't sugarcoat it. The Gold Coast... Uh, in some trouble if they don't have a big year next year because players will leave. I'd I'd like to I'd sell tickets to Gil McLaughlin's phone call to Tony Cochran telling him that you have to sack the coach. Has Gil had time to th- oh, seriously? Would he have had time th- to think th- about? Does this? he have the expertise for it? No. Well, yeah. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh, yeah, and I, I, I find that I would find that um, a misuse of power. I think the game could do with a leader of the code up on the Gold Coast. And if Gil McLaughlin, uh, in conjunction with Tony Cochran, I don't think he would do it without his imprimatur. But in conjunction with Tony Cochran, I think if they could land one of the icons of the game to take over the operation up there on the field, then I I think you'd be hard-pressed not to do it. But at this stage, I think uh, Mark Evans is a man who would be honouring his contract and his commitment to Stewie Jew. I think Tony Cochran would like to see that happen. But I think Tony Cochran would like to see some results because, I mean, they are hurting up there. Financially, they are bleeding big time. They've had uh, no games, essentially, on the Gold Coast to draw fans. 
And so financially, uh, it's becoming a problem. Join the REAM AFL Tipping League at tipping.sen.com.au and win big weekly and grand prizes. The all-new Hyundai Tucson is here and it's loaded with comfort driving and safety technologies. I mean, you can drive with total confidence. It's no wonder Tucson's been awarded Car Sales Best Mid-Sized SUV Award for 2021. Test drive the all-new Hyundai Tucson today. At the retirees, aren't there a grand set of retirees across this weekend? There's trade speculation. There's a huge number of ins and outs for round 23 as well. So there's a lot to discuss ahead of the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide on AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Bulldogs and Port Adelaide as selected. Shaki's the sub for the Dogs and Mays is the sub for Port Adelaide, the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Uh, the, always the final round of the home and away season is laced with retirements and this is absolutely loaded with them. And at the top end, Burgoyne, Betson, Hawley as three who have had such a profound impact on shaping the game. Gosh, they're hard to go past as a collective. Well, don't ask me to rate them, Louis. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me either, but but you're right. uh, And for their contribution, both on and off the field, all three of them. Yeah. I I think we always draw to, especially those three guys on the field, but but their work off the field, they've probably done equal, if not more, than any other player in the history of our game for for the off the field stuff. I just think they've been tremendous um, servants of the game, but also the way they've carried themselves that they, they, they bring people in the doors. Not absolutely. They do that, but they also bring communities to watch our great game as well, which has been fantastic. Speaking about bringing people to the game, we should do at some stage a top 10 or whatever, uh, top seven, top six of the people who bring people yeah. through the gates. And in my time, there's been Ablett, Modra, and Eddie Betts, who have stood probably above most. Uh, Dacos was a clear one of those. but Buddy. Buddy Franklin, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Is the measure of it... Rioli? Yeah, I was going to say, is the measure of it when they go near the ball? Like, that, you notice that with Cyril and with yeah. Buddy, and well, maybe as a commentator, you notice it more, but it's like... And it was certainly like that with Gaza going back. Mm. When they go near the ball, you can just... You can hear the crowd. yeah. yeah. And Buddy's got that, yeah. Buddy's I mean, got he's, that. he's clearly uh, in the that top in, three. In Adelaide, at his at his end. He third, described he? it the other night as just don't cheer until I've kicked the goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't upset the master. <laughs> it was just a beautiful. Well, I remember way there was of, a phrase. In it. There was a piece of vision. Uh, was it in the grand final when Ablett got the ball in the middle of the ground and the and the crowd. The crowd cheered and he thought someone was on his team. He oh, saw yeah. him look behind him and then take off. But they were just excited that he had the balls in his hand. In his hand. Modra was an incredible player yeah. to watch as a commentator. That's when I started. He, he started to emerge. And he was, I mean, he's so reliable. I mean, Kappa was clearly one of the top ten. I mean, he had, I mean, he was one of the most, he was probably at one stage the uh, number one rated athlete in the country outside of Greg Norman and maybe Pat Cash. So he was in that for people who just crossed the boundaries of their sport. And Kappa, you know, went to Darwin. One year we had a practice game in Darwin. There was 15,000 capacity, but they all went to one end of the ground when Kappa there. In a quarter time, they all went to the other end of the ground. It was uh, quite a, a magnetic type of uh, character was the uh, wizard. How much will the caller miss Eddie Betts? Yeah, a lot. I mean, you, yeah, that's when you, when you look at those players that are 
as they retire, you do actually think, oh, I've loved calling you. And um, on the other hand, I always remember the uh, the great Peter Booth from the ABC from many, many years ago. He says, don't worry about players too much. You can always say, I called your first game and I'll call your last game. <laughs> 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 I always thought of that as well. But yeah, Eddie Betts just brings, as I said, one of those players that when they go near the ball, near the ball, you go, oh, I've got to be, I've got to be ready here. Something's going to happen. Can Cozzy get to that level? I think he can. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I hope he can. Hope he can. He's given us all the signs, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah I watch when he goes near the ball now, and, you, yeah. and it, there's an unpredictability about it. Oh, I, yeah. I think all those players, I mean, such great instinct that that they do when they go near the ball. He's got some special talents. Just on him, yeah. should they play him in the middle a little bit uh, when he's not getting near the footy? I th- I think so. I think it's all with with the midfield in particular. There's, there's so many moving parts. So for him to go in, someone needs to go out, which means. It's either a bench spot or a, or wherever else on the mm. ground. So there, there is certain um, times that, that he does go in there. He'll just – I think the more that he builds his fitness base, yeah. uh, he, he'll spend he'll spend more time in there. And Cyril did that. I mean, Cyril didn't have a tank. That's why he uh, went down the line as a player. But Clarko worked out. We'll just play him centre forward. Yeah, and, and there is a – it is a fine balance, I think, to a – to Cyril's point, we, there were times where they probably played him in there too much, which yep. then caused him to have some hamstring issues. So it's a, it's a balance. That they're the players that you'd love to have in there all the time, but it's clearly not right. But Asprey and Hooley going is it a is that an indication we're going to see more at Richmond, or will that be it? Do you think in terms of their turnover? Oh, I I hope it's it. I I still think with this off season, if they get a real chance right now to rest and recover, they they haven't had it for the last four years. It's been a year where they've been all over the shop. They've been in hubs and, and played long into September. They, they haven't had a genuine break. So I, I think this will be a, a chance to rejuvenate, rest up, and, and if they can keep all the other players there, it's certainly another chance next year. You would know. Can they stay hungry? It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. Once you see your, your teammates that have been a big part of it retire and you understand there's a there's a turning over, it's, it's hard. But you need that little element of luck that they may still have. The Bulldogs and Port Adelaide tonight. The warm-up shortly for Ream in Staller Ream, Australia's favourite in hot water. Hutto might run us through the teams as well for the remainder of round 23. There's a lot of changes, that's for sure. The all-new Hyundai Tucson is here, and it's loaded with comfort, driving and safety technologies, meaning you can drive with total confidence. It's no wonder Tucson's been awarded Car Sales Best Mid-Sized SUV Award for 2021. Test drive the all-new Hyundai Tucson today. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. So there we are. The Bulldogs and Port Adelaide coming up. The warm-ups for Ream and Staller Ream, Australia's favourite in hot water. But before we zero right in on this, the remainder of the weekend with uh, plenty to be determined and changes all over the place at selection. How long you got, Jared? <laughs> this is quite extraordinary. So let's start with Richmond and Hawthorne at the MCG tomorrow. Hawks is relatively quick. Bruce, Warple and O'Meara. So they're just getting ready for finals, you would think. Uh, Brockman, Dowdy, Morris and Newcomb. Uh, Newcomb managed after being back for one week and with no game next. Week. Not sure about that, but the ins and outs for Richmond. Uh, let's do the outs. Lambert injured, Cochin injured, Nad Curvis injured, Prestia injured, Edwards injured, and then Rioli omitted, Garthwaite omitted. Arts was the sub last week, uh, not back into the team either. Ralph Smith omitted, 
and in for the Tigers, Jason Castagna, Camden McIntosh, David Asprey, Marlon Pickett. So a couple of experienced and premiership players there, four of them. Uh, Jack Ross, Will Martin, Moby O'Child and Riley Collier-Dawkins and Ben Miller will make his debut. But that's what, nine changes. Yeah, I suppose if, you, if you've been watching Richmond and you watch uh, how those players in particular have been left out of the side were moving, you could tell they were, they were banged up. So yeah. they, they were... Gallon in actually getting out there and, and performing and hopefully keeping their season alive. But now that's not the case. They've, they've gone out. Last time we had uh, that many people drop out in round 23, we had a buy put yeah. in. I'm yes. put two buys in. That's right. <laughs> now, Lance Franklin, Jake Lloyd and Callum Mills, pretty handy trade a return for their game against the Gold Coast. Sam Reid omitted. Interesting. Nick Blakey injured. Josh Kennedy injured. And Robbie Fox has been omitted. Jared Harbrow comes back for a farewell. Alex Davies will get his debut game for the Gold Coast Suns. Jacob Townsend, as you alluded to earlier, is omitted with Jack Bowes and Jeremy Sharp. Bowes injured, Sharp omitted. Surprised to see Sharp omitted. He was a rising star about four weeks mm. ago. Really put a couple of really good games together, but Refle- kind of reflects what happens to the Suns, doesn't it? In a way, yeah. Someone comes in, shows a bit, and then yeah, a, a well, he, showed, later he showed more than a bit. He, he yeah. was he was really good for a couple of weeks, but maybe tiring. Maybe tiring. Maybe they're trying to make a statement going into the preseason. The Eagles are trying to challenge Hawthorne. And not, yeah, sorry, Richmond, not in the in the match stakes, but in the ins and outs stakes. They play Brisbane, who are unchanged. Reese Matheson remains the barometer on the bench. He's he 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 shapes as being a final sub as well. Reese uh, in for the Eagles: Waterman, Brander, West, Rotham, Jones, and Edwards. So that wouldn't add up to too many games at all compared to the players that are out. McGovern. Kelly, Shepard, Redden, who's the latest to add to the list with an illness, and Kennedy all out injured. Petrocelli omitted and Langdon left out after being the Medi sub last week. So that's despite the fact there's still a chance of playing finals footy. Yeah, it would be one of the biggest upsets of the year if uh, the West Coast Eagles could get across the lines. Can you imagine? Clearly, they don't think they're a chance That's of right. playing finals, do they? Can you imagine? In fact, I don't even think they want to play finals right now because it's a one way trip to nowhere. They need a really big reset, uh, the Eagles. I think Adam Simpson knows it better than anybody they're going to do. I think they are desperate to get off that plane and start pre-season. Yeah. Well, do you think they'll do anything from a, a list point of view or more just yeah, from they'll a... Yeah, they're going to the draft. Yeah. They'll probably try and ship a couple out to get draft picks. They're going to rejuvenate that list whilst they still think they've got a chance to you know, have some success. And I still think they have got a chance to have some success. But, gee, they've been... All over the shop. I thought there was really good vision by Jack Rewald, uh, sorry, Nick Rewald on the couch last week where he just showed this had to be a handball. And, you know, they're so ingrained on kicking the ball that the handball target was missed and uh, the ball was fluffed. But, uh, you know, Willie Rioli back into that team. Liam Ryan fit back into that team. Edwards comes through. I mean, they need to rebuild their midfield. If someone targeted one of their top-line mid- mids, would, would they entertain it, do you think? As in Elliot Yo? Well, I doubt they would. No, I don't think Yo. they can because they haven't, got a, they haven't got enough. Maybe Gaff because I, I don't think Gaff's hurting anybody at the present time. But can you imagine how difficult it is going to be to get on that plane in Perth and go to Brisbane? It's a six-hour flight and get your head down and play a game of footy. I mean, if they don't get their heads right, this could be a twenty-goal belting. Yeah, I've done a, I've done a few of their games this year. I, I think a lot of their stuff is easily fixed. Yeah. It's it's the way. 
they're taught to play and the, and the options that they're allowed to use and, and the way they move the ball. It's, it's I think one of their obvious. issues, their major issues, is just their injuries to good players. Yeah, but they I, have I not still, had a fitness base. No, but I still, I still watch their game and the, and the easy options they miss, and mm. Nick, Nick, Nick and I did the game. It, that's just, they're ingrained to play a certain way. Yep. And that doesn't allow you to compete on a consistent basis. And they should have, I, I understand they've had players out, but, but so are Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs have used the most players of any side this year. Mm. Uh, Geelong play Melbourne Saturday night. This is another huge pre-finals final. Tom Atkins, Ryan Myers, Gary Rowan come in. Uh, Higgins managed Narkle. <laughs> He's just out every week, sub and out. Asava uh, Radicalia is injured. He was listed as omitted last night, and so he's actually out injured. And Zach Guthrie uh, omitted. Tom McDonald, Jack Viney, Stephen May. That's a strong trio to return for the Ds. Hibbert, Melksham, James Jordan. He's been extremely unlucky, isn't he? And Aaron Vandenberg, who was the Medi sub, is out for the Ds. Yeah, Jordan's probably been on the edge. He started the season probably know, since consistently. S- since Viney's come back, he's sort of there's a flow on effect. Yeah, he's found that. But, but I think, I mean, they, they need to find a. A good balance. Certainly, I think, you know, having a lot of inside mids when Viney comes back, they, they do look like they lose their shape a little bit. And and he'll – they it's something that they're, they're addressing, but Jack would need to be aware of that. And I think that the two that probably always fall out of the side this year are Melksham and Hibbert. It seems to be they're the ones that are, that are on the edge. Are you surprised that they kept Joel Smith in, or is that because they thought uh, – uh, Radagalia was going to play. Yeah, they like him. They think he can play tall and small. So yeah. I don't think the Radagalia thing was was an issue. And and probably bringing him in for a, you know one game and then getting him out. They he just needs some consistency because he, he can. Do you know add... how much bad luck he's had in his career? Oh. It'd be an awesome story. He could mm. come in and play in a premiership. Yeah, he was. He, he would always have a, a really good preseason. Then on the eve, he, something would go wrong. So he shows huge ability. He just needs to play more footy. He's hardly played any footy. So are we now convinced that Sean Higgins is not in their best twenty-two. Yeah, I think that's been the story of of the year. I think he'll be in there. T- I think he'll be in there twenty two. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So why isn't he there for this game? Well, he's being managed. There's, he's being managed three no, times out of the last no six. Finals by. I think he'll be in their best twenty two. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think be... if one thing that Scott does, he does he does show faith in his more experienced players more mm. so than the the younger players. That... Exactly. They went and recruited him. He's got a multi year deal. Yeah, I think he'll play finals, yep. but time will tell. Carlton and the Giants, Cripps and Fogarty come in. Murphy managed. <laughs> you get managed when you retire. Someone has taken the you-know-what there. That's outstanding. Uh, Paddy Dow omitted. That's the one that stood out to me last night, Paddy Dow omitted. I'm not sure what the message there is. I think it's, I think it's very discouraging for Paddy Dow, who's fought pretty hard to uh, re-establish himself this year, and I would have supported him. Imagine if Carlton beat the Giants tomorrow. I mean, everyone's just presuming the Giants are going to win. Toby Green's back. Kieran Briggs is back. Peatling, Riccardi and Mumford. So Mumford's been managed. Cornelio's a injury sub? Uh, he, he might be a... He might, he, I'll just check Jared if he's I on think the bench. He is. I, think he, I think he's been... Look, it wouldn't surprise because the Giants have been this yes, sort of side all year. He's on the bench. Giants yeah. have played three or four weeks of really good footy, but before that, they have had some absolutely... Soul-destroying losses, and at times I think to myself, this side is a top-six side, and yet every time I'm convinced they're a top-six side, they play like a bottom-six side. But they have had some really good form in the last month, and they're going to be dangerous yeah. if they hold that. Hunter Long and Bytel in for St Kilda. King injured, sadly. Darren Joyce. 
got the concussion last week. Luke Dunstan omitted, which is fascinating given he hasn't got a contract and it's the season end and uh, he'd rejuvenated his career up until now. Andrew Brayshaw is back for Frio. There's still an outside chance, of course, of playing finals. Footy Schultz is injured and Blakely is injured. And the final game, Essendon need to win. Uh, Gleeson just goes back out of the team. Uh, no ends at this stage, so they haven't gone with Nick Cox or Kyle Hooker or, uh, or David Zaharakis. Uh, Howe, Rantel and Wilson. So the youngsters, or Rantel and Wilson, come back in. McCreary omitted, Rusco injured, Finlay, McCray omitted and Majacek suspended for the last game for the Pies. And then Brody Smith, Gollant, who's going to make his debut for Adelaide. And Billy Frampton are in. Murray omitted, uh, Himmelberg injured. Scholl was the Medi sub and Jake Kelly injured for the last game of the year. Boston Villagi. Phoenix Spicer makes his debut for the Kangaroos. Which All is, 64 kilos yes. of him, I was told today. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting player, though. Uh, Sean Attlee comes back in. Uh, Zebel is injured. Comden injured after just one game. Lockie Young was the Medi sub last week. And Bailey Scott, and that's it. Just, Billy Frampton's the interesting one for me. I've looked at Billy for a couple of years, and I thought, well, you clearly got the talent. You've clearly got the athleticism, but have you really got the desire to do it? And, and just on that, Jared, would you have got rid of Talia and Tom Lynch? If you absolutely would have kept Tom Lynch. Yeah, I, I, I think s- I think maybe the signing of um, uh, Taylor Walker has influenced it. They don't want to have two thirty-year-olds, but like thirty years age, thirty years of age is the old twenty-eight He's or it's the old twenty-seven. He's he? going to be a ripper. Plays on the wing. He was in their best four plays against Melbourne last week. Yeah. So it's a baffling decision to me. I I look at David Mundy and Fremantle and the Crows. Fremantle where sorry, the Crows are where Fremantle were two or three years ago. On the build, looking quite good, got some mids. They didn't tip out David Mundy. No. And David Mundy's been a star for them. He's probably a better player than Tom Lynch, clearly. But geez, Tom Lynch is hard to find. Gonna be a really good pickup for somebody. Tully is going to solve a problem for somebody Someone too. Yeah. There have been five or six clubs going, we have one very specific problem and he's the answer yeah, to it. Yeah, the club that needs him the most he can't go to, of That's course. That's right. The Western Bulldogs. Just back to uh, Billy. Billy needs to work harder. If Billy works hard, he's a chance. But if he doesn't work hard, he's no chance. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.